Hallelujah. Well, if you were here this morning, we told you that uh, we've been praying, and I believe that we have direction for kicking off the month of September on Sunday nights. We uh, have in our heart to, to do, I'm calling it prayer school. We're going to be teaching on prayer, and then we are going to be spending some time praying. Our spiritual father, Dad Hagen, he used to always uh, have prayer seminars, and he'd say one of the things about him that we're going to pray by precept and by example, and that's what we are going to do. How many of you would like to come up in your prayer life? All of us. I mean, there are things. Does anybody in here believe in God for anything? We should all be believing God for something. And for us to see the desired end results of our prayers, we need to pray effectively and according to the word of God. So we'll just be taken week by week on on the area that we feel like the Lord wants us to emphasize. But you know that prayer is one thing that gives God entrance into our affairs. Is there anybody in here that wants God to get involved in every single area of your life? How many of you realize that God needs an invitation? He's sovereign. He's the most high God, but he has put into our lives the ability to have a will. We all have a will and we can either say, come Lord Jesus, come into my heart, be my Lord and savior. Or we can say, I don't want anything to do with God. And we can say, Lord, I want to invite you into the area of my finances. Or we can say, I can do it all by myself. To me, I think it makes sense for us to say, I'm going to invite you into every single area. Has anybody found out in here that it's a lot better to do things with God's help than to try to do them in our own strength and in our own ability? So the direction I felt to go tonight is to talk about that prayer prepares the way. And so we want to prepare the way. We want to set the ground to say, come Lord Jesus into all of our affairs. Come into our church. Come into our nation. Fill this place with glory. Amen. Amen. You can always tell when a person is in a preparation mode. Many of you women in here have had... A baby or, you know, your, the husband's been there when a child has been born, especially with the first one. There's a whole lot of preparation that happens as soon as you hear you're pregnant. Let's paint the nursery. Let's get a crib. Let's buy toys. Let's buy clothes. You can tell when a person is getting prepared for a big event. On a lesser level, maybe you've been listening to the weather forecast and it said, you know, chance of heavy rain tomorrow. You go out and you see all of a sudden it starts raining and you can tell the people that are prepared. People start pulling umbrellas out of their bags and then there's always those that are running around getting drenched because they didn't pay any attention and they weren't prepared. It's better to be prepared. Amen. A farmer at harvest time. You can tell if a farmer is prepared or not. Wouldn't be a very good farmer if he planted all this wonderful crop of wheat. And it was evident that it was harvest time. And he goes out maybe after the grain is starting to fall on the ground. And he goes, oh dear, my combine needs to be repaired. It needs to be oiled. You can tell that farmer is not prepared. And if he's not prepared, he's not going to get the desired harvest. But 
we are going to be prepared here. Prepared spiritually, prepared naturally for this end time harvest. Just a simple definition of prepare helps us here. To make or get ready for some purpose, task, or event. Our Heavenly Father is giving us a heads up that there's a major event about to occur. That the end of this age is soon coming. And before we, the church, are caught up in the rapture, caught up into glory, that major event that's going to happen is the whole earth is going to be filled with the glory of the Lord. He's promised that. The word of God tells us that over and over. There's a major event that's going to happen. And it's going to be revival. It's going to be an outpouring of the glory of God. Does anybody in here believe that? I've been hearing that all of my life. But I'm not discouraged. I believe it more today than I did 20 years ago. Because we're getting closer to it. Amen. So we're going to be prepared. If we really believe the word of God concerning the end times, then we need to be preparing for these phenomenal events. And we also need to be declaring what he has said about this day and age and about our lives. There was a man in the Bible by the name of John the Baptist. And we know him as the forerunner of Christ. He was a voice and he declared the first coming of Jesus. He was a voice that spoke about that Jesus was the son of God, the savior of the world. We can see that over in Matthew chapter three. We'll just look at that for a moment. Matthew chapter three, verse one through three. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John was a voice, a major voice in the preparation of Jesus' ministry when he was here on the earth. We, the church, need to lift up our voice in prayer, lift up our voice in faith, and prepare the earth for the Lord's soon return. We are a voice that needs to be crying out in this day and in this age, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare. Jesus is coming and Jesus is coming soon. Repent if you're not born again. Get into the family of God. Get under the ark of safety. This world is not fit to live in without Jesus. We need to be a voice that cries out like John the Baptist. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. And not just talking about him coming as the king of glory and him coming and in rapture, but him coming as 
as the Savior, Him coming as the healer, Him arising with healing in His wings, Him coming to redeem mankind. Do you know anybody that doesn't know Jesus? We're to be crying out, He's the Savior! Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Open up your heart and let the King of glory come in. Amen. This word that we just read about John the Baptist, it was prophesied by Isaiah the prophet what John the Baptist's role would be. That's found over in Isaiah chapter 40. Let's pick this up there. In verse 3, this was a prophecy concerning... Like I said, John the Baptist, but it's also parallels with what the church should be doing in this day and in this age. The voice just sounds just like what we just read in Matthew three, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert, a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. For who said it? Everybody read that part with me. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. And what he has spoken, we need to open our mouth and speak it and declare it and prophesy it. This verse was written in ancient times. And in ancient times, when a king wanted to go and visit a place, a decree went out and it, the decree went out and said, prepare a highway, prepare an entrance. The king wants to go and visit Castro Valley. So get out there and prepare the way the, for the king. A highway there literally means a high way or a raised up place. So workers would go out once a decree was issued that the king wanted to go to a certain city or a certain village. So the workers would go out and they would literally raise up the low places, fill in the bumps and the holes. They would make the crooked way straight. Aren't you thankful that when the glory of God shows up, even crooks get straight. Hallelujah. Make the crooked straight. They would go out and they would do all of these things so that when the king went, he'd have a smooth entrance. I like how it says verse three in the Amplified, a voice of one who cries out, prepare in the wilderness, the way of the Lord, clear away obstacles, clear away obstacles, make straight and smooth. The desert, in the desert, a highway for our God. That verse is loaded. Clear away the obstacles. They would have to literally go out, get rid of the stones, get rid of the hindrances. So the king would have easy access 
to the place that he wanted to go. You and I spiritually, we are called to clear away the obstacles. Get rid of the hindrances. Has anybody ever had a hindrance? Has anybody ever had an obstacle in your way? Has anybody ever heard a lie of the devil that says quit? Give up. You're done. You're not going to get there. It's never going to happen for you. Well, we in the name of Jesus need to open our mouth and declare, oh yeah, the king is coming. The king's got one more move. I'm not going to be held back. I am going to get to my final destination. I'm preparing a highway for my God. Make smooth the a desert. In the desert, a highway for our God. We know what the desert represents. The desert represents a dry, barren place. Now, I know no, no one in here has ever been there spiritually. Never been in a place that felt dry and barren. It doesn't matter what it feels like. You can open your mouth in faith. You can use your voice to declare how it's going to be. And it's not going to be the way it might look today. Declare the end from the beginning. Make an entrance, make an inroad for God to come into the affairs of your life. That's one of the things that we do when we pray in faith and we speak the word of God. We are called in the realm of the spirit to prepare entrance for God. Now, some people might say, well, why doesn't God make his own road? Why doesn't God get rid of those potholes himself? How come I have to do it? Why do we have to pray? Why do we have to make the crooked way straight? Because he has given us authority in the name of Jesus. And he has given us the honor and the privilege to use that name that is above every name. He has told us that the enemy is defeated. He is under our feet. The devil is a defeated foe and we are raised up and made to sit together with him, Jesus, in heavenly places. And he has told us, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. It's our great privilege to be used, to use our faith, to use the word of God, the weapons of our warfare. Hallelujah. And to prepare an entrance for God to show up in all of our affairs. He's spoken some things, his plans and his purposes. But he wants us to declare them and to decree them. When we pray, we need to be praying the word of God. I like verse 5 here, this same chapter. We're going right down through this chapter tonight. Verse 5 in the Amplified says if, And the glory, the majesty, and the splendor of the Lord. Oh, I just like that. The glory, the majesty, and the splendor of the Lord. Shall be revealed. Then don't you love this part? And all flesh shall see it 
together. Why? Because the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. The Bible tells us that the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. And in one place it says the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth. That to me is connected to this verse. The Lord shall be, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. We're living in a season, we're living in hour when God is going to do supernatural things. Where he is invited, where he is given entrance, where he is given access, he's going to show himself strong. To the degree that people, all flesh together, are going to see it. Such phenomenal things are going to happen that people and groups of people and whole nations are going to have to set up and take notice and say, Whoo! That had to be God. They couldn't have done that for themselves. They couldn't have got delivered. They couldn't have had that financial breakthrough without God showing up mighty and God showing up strong. Do you think the Lord gets what he speaks? The mouth of the Lord has spoken it. That his glory shall be revealed and all flesh will see it. God is in the show and tell business. He likes to show himself strong and then he likes us to open our mouth and tell and speak of the goodness of God. Let him show himself strong and then you declare it. What he has done. He's spoken some things. Do you know that he's spoken some things concerning your family? He's declared how it's going to be. He said that you're going to be saved and your whole household. He's spoken that he is not willing that any should perish. That includes your relatives that are acting like rascals right now. But he said, I'm not willing that any should perish. You open your mouth and you speak what I have spoken. And I have said, you and your household shall be saved. He's spoken some things about how it's going to be in your body. Sickness and disease might be trying to speak to your body and manifest right now. But that's not what the mouth of the Lord has said about your body. He has spoken with my stripes. You are healed. So in prayer, we're to open our mouth and we are to declare what he has declared. Jesus is the healer. Jesus is a redeemer. Jesus is a restorer. He restores my youth. He restores my health. Speak what the Lord has Spoken. Has the Lord had anything to say about your finances? I'm so glad that he did. He said, 
I shall supply all of your need according to my riches in glory. Who said that? The mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed in our finances. And all flesh shall see it. The blessings of the Lord are going to overtake the giver and the tither in this last day. If you've given, if you've sown, speak what the Lord says. Believe for an abundant return. Let it be a show and tell to people that I have sown. Look what the Lord hath done. He has blessed me. Hallelujah. That's what he said about your finances. What's he say about the shape of the earth? Well, he said, we're going to have revival. Woo! He said, the whole earth's going to be filled with the glory of the Lord. He said, he's going to have a mighty harvest. The precious fruit of the earth are going to come in from the north, the south, the east, and the west. From every race, from every kindred, from every nation, from every corner of the earth. That's what we're to be declaring. Amen. Amen. That's what he said. And that's what we will say. Now let's keep on going down here. Verse six in the new King James. Now just these first few words just stood out to me yesterday as I was looking at this. The voice said, cry out. The voice said, Cry out. We're not supposed to cry. Ah! <laughs> oh, God, whatever are we going to do? There's a difference in ah! <laughs> crying out of despair. This says, cry out. What kind of a cry, Lord? A cry of faith. I looked up just the word cry. You know, there's a lot of sad definitions, but these three stood out to me. Cry. To exclaim. To proclaim. And this one I loved. To announce publicly. Cry out means to announce publicly. That's what he's talking about here. The voice said, cry out. The voice said, announce, announce how it's going to be. Announce that the king of glory is coming in righteousness. Announce that the healer is arising with healing in his wings. Announce, hallelujah, announce to the devil and demons and all of their cohorts. Announce that they are not in charge. Announce to ungodly people that think that they are the ones that are running this earth. Announce, no you're not. We're publicly announcing Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord over our nation. We are announcing publicly devil to you that you are defeated and your strongholds are broken. They're coming down. Your strongholds over our loved ones, over our city, over our nations are broken in the name of Jesus. That's what we're crying out. The voice said, 
cry out. And then it goes on the next couple of verses. And, and it's kind of, we were like, what did, he said, what shall I cry out? And he starts saying that all flesh is grass. And then it goes on and it really what he's saying, he's emphasizing is that flesh is not in charge. Flesh is weak. It's fleeting away. It won't live. It won't rule forever. But look at verse 8. The grass withers. The flowers fade. Woo! Hallelujah! But the word of our God stands forever. That's what we are to declare. That's what we are to announce. I don't care what it might look like in the natural. Mr. Devil, Mr. Sickness, Mr. Lack. I don't care what it looks like right now. But one thing I know. The word of God stands forever. All these attacks of the devil are temporary and they are subject to change and they must give way to something and someone that changes not. The Lord said, I am the Lord. I change not. I am the same yesterday, today and forever. And my word stands forever. If you have found a scripture that covers your case, whatever you may be facing, you get it and you stand on it and you declare, this is how it's going to be. This is how it's going to go. My voice is crying out the word of God. Now look on down at verse nine. This whole chapter. I love this whole chapter. I love the word. Do you love the word? Oh, Zion, oh, church, you who bring good tidings. That's a word right there. The church, Zion, we ought to be preaching good news, good tidings to a world that is hurting, to a world that is broken. Get up in the high mountain, O Jerusalem. You who bring good tidings, he said it again. Lift up your voice in what? In strength. Lift it up. Be not afraid. Say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. Church, lift up your voice and strength. I don't care how weak you may feel right now. The Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. We do not pray from a place of weakness. We do not pray from a place of defeat. We pray from a place of strength, strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Lift up your voice. In strength, lift it up and do not be afraid. That sounds like the definitions of cry out, exclaim it, proclaim it, announce it and say, I love how it says here, say to the cities. We can put in there, say to the cities of the Bay Area, behold your God. God is God. 
of the Bay Area. Jesus is Lord. We have been given the authority to speak to cities, to speak to our domain and our territory. We live here in the Bay Area. So we have authority over this area. And we can speak to cities and say, Behold your God. Behold, the King is coming. We are preparing a way for the King to show himself strong in San Francisco. To show himself strong in Oakland and San Leandro, San Leandro, wherever, San Leandro, San Lorenzo, Castro Valley, Hayward, Union City, Fremont, Pleasanton, Walnut Creek, wherever you live. Get up in the morning and say, Castro Valley, behold your God. The king is coming. We're giving him entrance and access. We can stand up and we can boldly speak in strength. We can say to our family, we can say to our body, we can say to our finances, behold your God, as we yield ourselves in prayer and say the word, we're removing those obstacles, those hindrances. Remember, we just read that. When we do that, he said, declare, be that voice, prepare a way for the Lord, clear away obstacles. You know what happens to us? We become God's road construction crew. (laughs) Building an entrance for the king of glory to come in. How many of you want to yield to his voice? How many of you want to let your voice be like a bulldozer? A bulldozer. In the realm of the spirit, getting rid of obstacles, moving things out of the way, making an inroad into places where the spirit of God has never had access to before. That's what we can do. There are hearts that have built up barricades. But as we pray and as we declare the word of the Lord, those hard hearts are made soft. And we become that road construction crew building an entrance for God to get in there. Powerful, purposeful prayer. It does pave the way for the impossible to become possible. It provides a highway for our God to go where he wants to go. To get in to areas that maybe haven't been open to him before. Now, when we do this, the result is found in verse 10. Behold, the Lord God shall come. Shall come. Do you want him to come? He shall come. There it is again with a strong hand. We were instructed to lift up our voice with strength. And when we do, it said he shall come with a strong hand. And his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him. And his work 
before him. Oh, our prayer. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Don't get religious on me. I know he lives on the inside of us. I know he walks among us. But there's a time when we need to invite him to come with all of his strength. To come with all that he is. And when he shows up, he never goes anywhere broke. The king of glory, when he shows up, he comes fully funded. He comes with all that we need in every area of our life. Hallelujah. As we're fixing to close, I I love this verse over in Psalms 24-7. And then we're going to pray some things tonight. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors. Psalms 24, verse 7. And the King of glory shall come in. We're inviting him tonight to come into all of our affairs. To come fresh and anew in our church. To come and show himself strong in our nation. Lift, be lifted up, you everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. Who is the king of glory? Here's that word again. The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. I'm so glad it didn't say the Lord weak and weary. The Lord beat up and beat down. Battle worn. Too much going on. No. The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. If you're in any kind of a battle, you're in any kind of a test or a stand. Know that the Lord strong and mighty will show up in your life if you cry out and you prepare a way. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up, you everlasting doors. And the King of glory. There it is again. Shall come in. Not maybe. He will come in. If we'll invite him. Who is the king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. Now listen to this little note in the spirit-filled Bible. A gate, a door must be opened to gain access. This was uh, talking about there would be a time when the people were inside the gates of the city. They'd been told that the king was coming 
They were prepared, but they were locked inside the gates of the city. And when the king arrived, the doorkeeper was asked for a password, which the king had sent him. This was the only way the king was given access. The king of glory, it says, open up the gates. Be lifted up, you everlasting doors. Guess what? We have been given the password. And his name is Jesus. The door that was behind these cities. The lock was on the inside. And the only way even the king could get in was if the gatekeeper, the doorkeeper, unlocked the door. That's why it said... Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. Open up the gates. Unlock the doors of your heart. And let the king of glory, the one who is strong and mighty, give him access. Give him entrance. Let him in. Hallelujah. We're the ones that choose to unlock the door and to open up the gates so that the king of glory can come in. The king of glory is longing. Oh, he's ready. He's ready to show himself strong. He's ready to cover the Bay Area with his glory. That's what the king of glory does, you know. The king of glory shall be revealed.